Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. And welcome to the holiday season. It is the last week of November. Thanksgiving is behind us. That means Christmas is ahead of us, Mac, but also we've got championship Saturday with all these championship games. We've got bowl season. We've got Will FSU do this thing and make the playoff? There is so much intrigue coming in the next couple of weeks. No, there there absolutely is. And it's just crazy. KG, correct me if I'm wrong or tell me how you feel. This has been the fastest football yes. season I've oh ever experienced. Oh, my gosh. It, it's unbelievable. Because I think the reason why it is for us is our lives are now, now marked, tracked, kept up with by milestones of our little babies. True. Like, that's that's what it goes by. and. Oh my gosh, Amelia did this. And I look up and I'm like, oh my God, it's ACC championship. <laughs> Where did the season go? What happened? Uh, so that to me has just been crazy. And look, look, we had her last September, but you know, she was just like a little thing. She mm-hmm. was just this little blob. And now she's a full-grown toddler that's that close to walking, which is going to be a game changer when that happens. So it's been crazy. It's been super fast. Um, I can't believe we just got through with rivalry week uh, and, and are on to this because it was an awesome weekend. Um, just holistically, and then you're looking at all the different games and how things happen, what happened. Coaches are changing, leaving, getting fired. It's just, it's a crazy time. It's an absolutely crazy time, and uh, it, it, it's crazy that it's almost over. We will get into more of that as the week progresses because we don't have necessarily. Is is Elko to AM official? Officially official? We'll see. I thought Mark Stoops. I think it's more official than Stoops was, but I don't know if anything's signed. I went to bed thinking Mark Stoops was going to be the head coach at AM, woke up seeing Elko. So we'll talk about that more as the week progresses. Obviously, that would be a real bummer for Duke fans. But, Mac, the the, the holiday season is not over. I was about to say that. Oh, my goodness. It's just beginning. And, you know, I just got back from Texas, the land of no Ingles, but I'm back in the land of Ingles, which is great news for me. And I'm going to head over there this week. Who knows? I might get that salad bar for lunch one day, obviously. But I want to see all the Christmas stuff they have out because I know they are ready to go over at Ingles. <laughs> There's no question about it. That that's one. That is one of my favorites. Uh, you know, because when you go into Ingles at a different holiday time, whatever that is, they got you ready. Oh, yeah. They're pumped. They're excited about it. Decked out head to toe. Um, and I and I will say that the the, the Thanksgiving season was amazing, loaded up, but now you and I are on the same page. It's mm-hmm. Christmas. It's Christmas now. We, we're full steam ahead. So real quick, here's a message from our friends over at Ingalls, then we're going to dive in to Rivalry Week. Here we go. Did you know Ingalls only sells USDA choice and prime cuts of meat? Maybe it's time to reward yourself. Our butchers cut all our meat fresh in the store every day, grass-fed, organic, you name it. Not only that, we'll even cut it to order just the way you like it. And we grind meat fresh in the store multiple times a day. It's all in the bag. That's the best meat in town for the best folks in town. Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. Mac, let's get into rivalry week. One of the hardest things to say, but a lot of (laughs) interesting results here, Eric Macklin. Let's start with the game you were at, number 22 NC State. 
beats North Carolina 39 to 20, and it wasn't even that close. NC State came out firing, got up 23 to zero, won the game by double digits, as we said. They both, they covered, as we both said, so happy for us on that one. Pat yourself on the back. But in the end, NC State was just playing with so much more belief, momentum. What they were doing on offense was really accentuating the skill set of what they had, getting the ball to Concepcion, but really Brennan Armstrong just played great. But the story was the defense. And Peyton Wilson getting that really important pick when UNC was kind of getting back into it. The defense has been so good, Mac. What was it like to be there? (laughs) It was was awesome. It was really powerful, um, you know, because it was senior day. And just to be able to see that and, and be there up close and personal was really cool. And that's a couple of weeks in a row now that we've been at senior days and, and been able to, you know, experience it, that and, and see that with these young men. Um, and it, it's just, you know, it's fun. It's fun to see, especially a lot of these guys, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of in our freshman class, KG, of doing this with ESPN. So we've been with them, you know, their whole career. Uh, we're moving on. We're we're getting older. We wait, move on. Wait, uh, are they moving on? Because some people have been some playing of them, some of them, forever. Some of them. <laughs> That's right. Some people are have been playing since before we started this journey, uh, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, so that was really cool. Specifically, a guy in Peyton Wilson who, mm. man, just electrifying. I mean, fifteen tackles to go out uh, against his rival to absolutely kill those pick. guys. The pick was nuts. Had a sack, a couple of tackles for loss. I mean, he he was just a beast, and the environment was well worth it. I mean, they were jacked up, they were loud, obnoxious, cheering, chanting, whatever it was. Uh, they they were getting after it, and Wolfpack fans stuck around at the post game show. Uh, they were loaded up all around the set. You just hear them cheering for three fourths of the show. It's like Florida State stuff. They they can't see the TVs. They're just going nuts. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was so much fun. So big shout out to Wolfpack Nation and, and, and to Coach Doran. Um, KG, he he's just he's been the model of consistency, you know, for you know NC State and, and really in this conference. Uh, there, there's probably three or four coaches that can really sit there and say, "Hey, look at what we've done over this long period of time." And he's certainly in that. And it, it was fun to kind of see, you know, just him up on that stage and soaking it all in. You know, to to be with a guy of the last regular season of the of the you know game of the year is is him reflecting, and especially in a rivalry game like this, it was really cool and it was really fun to see. It was. That defense was great against Drake May, just like they were last year, able to limit him. It was hard sledding for Omar on Hampton. They could not get the run game going, which really was a, a big issue for North Carolina. Mac Brown said after the game that it was on him, that his team wasn't prepared. It's just, it's crazy, Mac, how UNC has stumbled so much in the second half of the season last year and this year. And when you have a talent like Drake May and you kind of just plateau at eight and four, can't beat your biggest rival, I know it's really frustrating for North Carolina. But in the end, look, UNC at the beginning of that game, I think if you're a UNC fan, you're livid because you don't look prepared, you don't look ready, you're down 23 to zero. But a lot of it was just credit to NC State. I mean, this this team's been playing. I think the Clemson game was a huge catalyst for them. Sure. They've been playing with a different different level of intensity and focus led by that defense. I'm even if UNC had played much better, I, I don't think they're beating NC State yeah. on a night like that. Yeah, and you know, you know what's fascinating about that is uh that was the week that Steve Smith said what he did about the program and it got them fired That's up. That's right. Got them jacked up. So Steve Smith 
and Tyler from Spartanburg got two old school Atlantic teams fired up and on these win streaks where they just go and annihilate people. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's crazy to look at that, and it's crazy to to have these very definitive turning moments for these teams and and to see you know how they're able to to crank it up and you know like you said it started early and often NC State hitting those guys in the mouth in uh, that first they went three and out to to start the game UNC did and, and the crowd just was erupting I mean they they were mm. jacked up they were excited the defensive game plan was crazy I mean the, there was I think UNC had one drive at the end of the second quarter like right before half where they scored a touchdown. Leading into that, Drake May, I believe, had two completions for three yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that, that was crazy to see those stats and to see how they were just totally having their way defensively. Everything that they wanted to do, shutting down the run, uh, you know, absolutely taking away windows and taking away passes. So it, it was very impressive. I said this, have said this plenty of times, KG, but Tony Gibson, defensive coordinator for NC State, is one of the best in the entire country. That dude is elite has his people prepared, loves those dudes. I mean, how passionate he is with that group. Uh, it's just really fun to see, and it's really great to know him and, and to you know be able to chat with him and, and kind of see the game how he does at times when you kind of hear it. Um, so that was incredible. And I think something you said there, too, about the fascination of how this UNC team mm. cannot finish or how they have finished, however you want to look at it, um, is bizarre because it's not like Duke. It's not like Syracuse. It's not like Wake Forest where you just run out of gas and you're injured and you just don't have the depth or the horses. These are like coaching things and being outplayed. I mean, you look at last year, the way those teams played them to end the season where they went on that losing streak, I mean, they didn't know what to do. And they had no run game, couldn't get anything going. And now in this one, I mean, Drake May has to be the leading rusher and, and do all those different things. So it felt like I was watching UNC of last year. There was no way right. that I thought that we would ever see that again, especially with how good Amarian Hampton was and you know the offensive scheme all year long. Uh, but credit NC State for forcing that issue. I uh, spoke to Dave Dorn early in the day, and he said, when you're playing balanced teams and when you have teams that can really do whatever they want offensively, you have to set the tone by taking away the run. Mm-hmm. Checkmate. They did that, and they set the tone really early. We'll see where UNC ends up in bowl season. Mac. I'm really excited for this NC State bowl game, whatever it is, because they're looking for that 10th win for just second time ever. I hope players don't opt out. I have to imagine Peyton Wilson will not opt out and maybe he'll lead the charge there. But Mac, it's really hard to believe that a game on Friday, September 29th is the reason why NC State is not playing Florida State in the ACC title game and Louisville is. A 13 to 10 game that probably nobody really watched because it was a Friday night and it was an ugly game except for diehard fans of those teams. It's it's crazy how and, and that's what we love about college football is every game matters. Yeah. That game matters so much now, but there is not a hotter team in the league besides Florida State sure. than NC State yeah. going into the ACC championship. No, I, I agree with you. And it is just absolutely bizarre to to look back at that and and to see how that game went and you know just in a time where there's no divisions, there's no nothing, uh, that they couldn't get it done. And and what's even crazier, though, is I I look at that, and KC Concepcion had one catch in that game. Like, they're a totally different team. And so if those teams played again right now, you're like, no question. I think NC State gets it done and and wins that game. So 
Especially it, at home. Right, right. It, it just goes to show you, like everything you just said, and, and what is so unique about college football, and, and will be a little bit different next year because there's more teams in the, in the playoff uh, going to 12, is every week is a playoff game. If you lose, you're done. You're out. If you lose two, you're for sure out. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting just how that that does change a little bit. Uh, but it does put it in perspective. And I put I think it puts even more in perspective, KG, how much NC State has grown this year. And yeah. the adversity that they face, the, the just absolute ball coach that Dave Doran is finding a way with the great coaches that he has, the great coordinators that he hired. And we we're at the point now, especially that, I mean, that's the cherry on top where we we spoke to him early in, in fall camp, and he said we're already very difficult to prepare for defensively because we have multiple looks and we do all these things. I wanted to be that on offense. As we sit here right now, he accomplished that. That's what they are. They're, they're very tough to prepare for, and you just there's multiple looks. There's all these different things, and so you're excited about the future. Big old question mark at quarterback, uh, but you know moving forward, and and when you look at next year, but. Man, this team, you know, the resiliency, what they're able to accomplish, KG, I've been very impressed with. Oh, yeah, for sure. Going from that game up at UConn to this is is quite the growth. Yeah. One more thing about NC State. KC Concepcion is special. Yeah. You have to do everything you can to make sure he doesn't try to enter the portal. Mm. Not I haven't heard anything. I don't no, know anything. Sure. This is just me talking. And – to me, you have to have a plan at quarterback that you can present to him, that you can say, all right, this is what you did with our makeshift QB situation. We'll build our offense completely around you. We're going to go get this guy, This and this is how we're going to use you. I think they have to be – you have to – again, I don't know. I don't know what kind of kid he is. He might be sure. fine, but I think you got to go recruit him. Like that's, That is priority number one if you're NC State. Yeah, and – couple of things there. Number one, <laughs> I, I, I go so back and forth with this, KG, because, you know, we, we did both play and we get it. And we know, you know, the things of when we were a player and, and the disadvantages that there were because players had such limited power. Um, but they're also, and I'm excited that they have the power now because I think that's fantastic. But there's the other side of it where it's like, it is absolutely absurd what you just said has to happen. Yeah. But it does. Have it to is happen. for sure. It does have to happen. And it's something where they do have to have a plan because number one, not even just that, not even just the, the selling your own program and recruiting your own team, because I think that's a very real thing um, everywhere. Uh, but you also have the real possibility of people have already been messaging and calling and whatever this oh, guy's yeah. saying, Hey, come here, look at what we can do here. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's a crazy world. It, it really is. And you know, is what it is. That's where we are. It's messed up. That's where we are. So all I can think, all I can think about is Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. So it comes to mind. Yeah. Hope not. Okay. But we'll see. Let's, you know what? I did not mean to rain on NC State People's Parade today. That was not my goal. An incredible win for the Wolfpack. That's right. Let's get to number five Florida State surviving, rising back from the dead. Like a phoenix, baby, out of Florida. the ashes. Come on. Yes. Beating Florida 24 to 15 in the swamp. And the uh, moral of this story was, yes, the FSU defense, Jared Verse, had a great game, but Trey Benson, he did everything for Florida State. He made the big plays when they needed it. And, you know, I think jury's still out a bit on Tate Rotomaker. We'll see maybe another week in this system. He can look more comfortable against Louisville. It's really tough to be thrown in there 
at the swamp in that environment. He still had some great moments, especially late in the game. Yeah. But the run game and the defense got this done for Florida State. No, it, it really did. And, and, you know, it's interesting, too, I, I, you know, the, the effectiveness of the runs. Because it, it took a little while to get it going. I mean, Florida yeah. had a great game I mean, plan. only 90 yards. It's not like they ran the heck out of the ball, but they right. made the plays when they needed it. Right. And with that, though, you know, Tate, you know, Tate had like minus 30 with his that's sacks. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's so I weird. I, I hate that that's such a stat. I, we need to figure that out. So dumb. So misleading. Uh, figure it out. Put it anywhere else other than rushing yards. Um, I get it. I understand it, but put anywhere else. Um, and so realistically, they had, you know, probably 120 rushing yards, which still isn't great. I mean, I, I thought that they would have a, a massive day and specifically thought Trey Benson would go for 150 plus. But he did have three touchdowns and he had a 36 you know yard touchdown that mm-hmm. just absolutely blew the game open there to, to win there. Also covered. Shout out Florida State. Uh, getting that done. Uh, but that, that was great. You know, counter left, counter right, power, duo, whatever you want. You know, they, they were running the ball there to, to kind of end the game. And and I think the good thing, what you said about Tate, is he went through this. The, the, that environment yeah. will be the toughest environment from a everybody's against you standpoint that he'll see the rest of this year. ACC championship, I imagine, will be a bit of a home game because they clinch so quickly. Um, you look at potentially after that, if it's a playoff game, probably will be 50-50, if not a little bit more, depending on on how that goes. And then a national championship, same type of thing. So in regards to environment and the swamp, one of the craziest places in the world, you won't see that again. So you, you've been to the top. You've been to the one of the most difficult, on top of the rivalry aspect of it all. Uh, so so that's done. And you passed the test. You won the game. You're kind of efficient, you know, right under 50%. But, you know, throwing the ball effectively, made some big-time throws. A couple of yeah. guys also had some drops. So – I thought that Florida State would have to play a little bit better, a little cleaner than they did to, to really win this game, especially the, the margin of victory that they did, nine points there. But other guys stepped up. Defense stepped up. Jared Verse exploded onto the scene. You know, three sacks, three tackles for loss, uh, a fumble. I mean, that's how you get paid. When that guy, you know, he's coming off the edge like he did, kind of circled back around, motor going, and then popped that ball out. That's first round stuff. I mean, that that was great to see. Braden Fisk had a big time game. Uh, mm-hmm. That that defense in general, uh, Shaheen Brown was fantastic. Deloach, I mean, just a, a freak. That dude is so good. Um, so it was it was fun to see everybody kind of take a step um, in two games in a row. You know, it's Miami, it's Florida, it's my gosh. Yeah. You know, you, you got to do these things with you know North Alabama and travesty happening in the middle of that with Jordan Travis. So great to get all that behind you. And now I think, okay, get back. Let's go. Like it, it's, it's time. It, it's trophy time. It's ring time uh, playing in the ACC championship, playing in a playoff, playing in a national championship. So all those goals square in front of them, KG and, and, and liked what I saw, hopefully we'll continue to see progression from Tate. Um, you know, I surely think we will. We're going to talk so much more about this this week as we preview Louisville FSU, but I don't think you can beat it, it. It's so sad where we are right now, but I'm not sure you can beat Louisville 24 to 15 and make the playoff. Mm. Even if you're an undefeated ACC oh. champion. Mac, Mac. Who's jumping you? Tell me who's jumping them. This committee is crazy. <laughs> hey, just let them get to Tuesday. We'll see what happens tomorrow. They might be at and three. I'll tell you they what. might be at three tomorrow. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Mac. I saw a beat up. And somewhat susceptible looking Georgia team sure. in Atlanta. If Bama beats Georgia, all hell's breaking loose. 
<laughs> if that happens, I'll they're both out. They're both out. No SEC. No, no, no SEC. way. No way they'll do that. And it's not Texas, fair. Texas will be in. That's what's going to happen. Of course. Remember, this is a committee of humans. Yeah. That the can be persuaded know that Jordan and Travis bought. is hurt. That's what it is. Unbelievable. It is not a computer. So, yes, you got to do a little more next week. I think every Florida State fan would understand that. But, Mac, I go back to my crazy stat about Florida State from, from uh, Friday. They have five turnovers all year. Mm-hmm. They did not turn it over at Florida. If they, they keep do. doing that, they right. will be in a position to win every game that they're going to play for the rest of the season. No question. Even without Jordan Travis. A great equalizer it, or separator is turnovers. Yeah. It's really incredible what they've done in that category. Um, speaking of turnovers, just kidding. That was a really rude transition. transition. Um, number 24, Clemson, beat South Carolina 16-7. to Come on, baby. Mac. <laughs> This game, I are you a Friends fan, the TV show Friends? Yeah, of course. Okay. Do you know the scene where Phoebe goes, my eyes, my eyes, because she can't look. I don't Because remember. Chandler and Monica are getting romantically oh, involved. okay. That was you? That was that's, you during this game? Yeah, that's how I felt. My eyes, I felt like were being just, you know, tortured with the lack of offense in this football game, Mac. Man, it was tough yards. to watch at times. Mag was bad. It was bad. Um, that being said, Clemson won. Woo. Their only offensive touchdown was uh, nothing, actually. Their only <laughs> touchdown was the <laughs> backwards pass. And Jonathan White's, his redemption story, his arc, you know, yep. amazing to make all those, all those field goals. But Clemson won. And that's what matters. Yeah. But still, Mac, pretty ugly. I, I think there's so much momentum that Clemson has gathered. From November going 4 0. Yeah. You need to do a little more in your bowl game. This is kind of what we're saying about Florida State, but I think you need to do more in your bowl game and look better offensively for people, mm. maybe outside the program. I don't know about inside, sure. but outside the program to feel better about you going into 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm going to be super positive first because that was, it was a great game. A defense, <laughs> I mean, that defense was just. The defense. Absolutely Ooh. insane. What they have done, Lord. realistically, all year, I saw someone, it might have been David Hale, tweeting that any drive, I don't yeah. he he was super specific, specific. Uh, so just go check this out, whatever, I'm a butcher and I'm sorry. Basically, he showed, though, I don't know when this started, if it was all year or if it was a particular time. Any drive that started with a kick or a punt, Clemson was just like... <laughs> Better than anybody that's ever played the game of football, like mm. ever. I mean, it was crazy the the stats that he was rattling off. The Georgia teams, the Clemson national championship teams, all these. Different so basically, things. not when Clemson fumbled, not when and then Clemson, the defense was put in a terrible yeah, position. I yeah, got you. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so that whenever that happened, uh, you know, th- this team was was crazy, and that's what you expect, though. You expect offensively every drive to end in a kick. That's always our goal, and and most of the time, you want that to be an extra. Um, and, and so when that doesn't happen, obviously you get put in a bind. So those guys have been playing at an elite level, but specifically it feels like the month of November, they've mm-hmm. taken it to another stratosphere. And, and man, I have to give so much credit to, to Wes Goodwin, but also to, to the staff for flipping this defensive backfield around. And that's credit to the players. Obviously they have to step up. Nate Wiggins is, is going to be a first round draft pick, probably a top 10 draft pick. Uh, Khalil Barnes one day is just going to be, you know, this, this monster that, that's going to be drafted very high. All those guys have stepped up their get Terrell, same type of thing. They've all stepped up their game immensely. 
uh, where they were an apps and not those guys because those are true freshmen. Some that I just mentioned there, they were absolute liabilities last year. The defensive backfield to where Wake Forest is putting up 500 yards of offense. South Carolina, same thing. Tennessee to end the bowl game. So it was like the the switch, the turnaround from that to where these guys. You look at their last couple of games and who they played starting in that November, uh, you know, against Sam Hartman, who's elite, uh, they're, they're destroying people and, and, you know, just absolutely not allowing anyone to pass. I mean, South Carolina had 160 yards. I mean, that that is crazy, absolutely insane. Um, and so they played great. The, the defensive line, I would have liked to see a little bit more uh, getting home pressure-wise, but Rattler's athletic. He's that type of guy, you know, that he can step out and, and try to create uh, but I thought the defense was absolutely exceptional. Um, mm-hmm. I did like what I saw from from Mafa and and from Ship, you know, and, and Spurts just couldn't get in the end zone. You know, there was something that just held him back, whether it was a, a penalty yeah. or a misplot, whatever. And that's just but been, it wasn't fumbles. It wasn't Matt. fumbles. It wasn't fumbles. Praise the Lord. There you um, go. So you know, you've seen kind of that regression, and we we've said this a million times. Cade Klubnick has all the physical talent in the world. Like it is freaky when you see that dude play at the highest level that I think he can get to, because even going back to that Syracuse game, KG, we sit there and we're like, wow, like that was a crazy throw. The key for him is, is totally mental. That dude has to get in the film room more than anybody's ever known. He has to understand coverages. He has to understand the offense. He can get to that, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson level. I truly think he can, but he has to put in the work. It's not a physical thing. It it isn't. And that's what can hold a guy back, right? You just, you can only develop so far, but mentally you can take strides, leaps, and bounds. And I think that's still in front of him, but that's going to be on him. That's going to be on these coaches getting in the film room, understanding what it's looking at because there there were just plays made. And I mean, the pick is one, one of the examples. It's just bad throws. It's bad decisions, you know, with, with what you're looking at and where you should be going reading the defense. And so, again, that's going to be on him. He, he's got to take in, you know, personal account and, you know, do that because talented as, as I've ever seen. You know, all those skill set, all the things that he can do there. And uh, look out. This Clemson team might make some noise. Yeah. I've compared them to 2014 a handful of times this year. This kind of sealed the deal for me, KG, because this is the last time that we ever did that was 2014, not scoring offensive touchdown against Louisville in the Valley and got a dub. That's right. And got that's a right. Dub. So th- this team, I think, is going to be really good next year. They've got a lot of pieces, a lot of young cats, uh, but it'll ultimately come down to that quarterback position and, and you know, how much does he want it? How much does he want to be great? It's a great point, Mac. And I agree. I, I completely agree. I think the mental side with Club Nickett. And I will add, the wide receiver room – Staying healthy and continuing to improve and help, you yeah. Because I mean, there, it was a guy got hit in the, the chest for a third down conversion, yeah. and drops it. Yeah. So it, it, you're you're absolutely right. It is you have both. the guys, we, Mac. We kind of forget that Clemson's played most of this year without Antonio Williams. Right. If you had told me that before the year, I would have said, "Uh, oh no." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got him, Tyler Brown, um, Cole Turner should be back. Bo Collins, we'll see. And a couple Brittany of Stuhl. really like, nice if, freshmen. If Look these out! Guys, Look out! Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But I think that's part of it, but the other part, you're exactly right. And we'll see if he can take that next step, Mac. It's just weird. It's so weird. I would love to watch a game together with Nick because I bet he would be so entertained by me watching this live. Oh, my God. You'd be entertained by him. 
<laughs> it would be I would I would love that. That would be so funny. I would just sit there. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. On the pod, we blow up enough. Mac, we talked about the ACC wins over the SEC with Clemson and Florida State. Now let's talk about the losses. Louisville, <laughs> why? I did not mean to wear Kentucky blue today. I'm not trolling. This is, is it's just sad. Kentucky beats number 10, Louisville, 38 to 31. Mac, we should have known. We, we should have known. Louisville always just finds a way to mess this one up and – I think the biggest difference in this game, they had multiple big leads. You know, it it felt like they were going to do it. But the two fumbles, the pick as well, but the two fumbles specifically really hurt Louisville. And I did, I'm not going to say I called it because I obviously didn't. I was wrong. I had Louisville covering. But I did say on Friday, Kentucky has, has and had the second best pass or rush defense, excuse me, in the SEC. And they did limit Louisville pretty – I mean, Louisville still rushed for 161 yards, but it felt like neither Jordan or Garendo could get going. I thought that was a big difference too. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I thought their defensive line played unbelievable. I mean, they were causing problems, uh, you know, for Louisville, getting after the quarterback, uh, but also, you know, just not being able to get much push and not be able to, to get them out of the way for that run game. And, and you mentioned, I'm doing the quick math right here, 161 yards uh, on 40, you know, attempts. It's, it's still good. Cause it's like three and a half ish, a little bit more than that. Um, yeah. But it's not what Louisville's used to doing. You know, if they're running the ball 40 times, you're expecting that to be well over 200 yards and not a ton of explosive plays. Um, you know, you think of that for a run 20 plus yards, probably 25 plus passing. They only had one of those. And so this is a team that thrives off of doing that. We didn't see them do it last week against Miami. Still found a way to win. Mm-hmm. See that what happened this week, that they weren't able to get it done. And totally vice versa, Kentucky, which for the most part, I, I thought that you know Louisville's defense played pretty well. I mean, they held them to a sub 100 yards rushing, right at 200 yards passing. So if you, if you just look at that, you're like, yeah, Louisville got this done. But there were huge, chunky plays that went for touchdowns that were just like backbreakers and just game changers. And you're just looking at it like, what is happening here? Uh, Ray Davis was elite. I mean, that dude was unstoppable uh, with the things that he was able to do, scoring three touchdowns, two through the air uh, as as a receiver, and then one on the ground. And just it it really does come back to the turnovers because that is what Mm -hmm. plagued uh, Louisville, obviously in the pit game, plagued them in that NC State game that they somehow found a way to get by. Um, but you know, Jack Plummer just holding that ball like it's a loaf of bread on an easy, what I thought was going to be a conversion. He slows up, ball swinging around, and it's out. And Louisville's got it, or excuse me, Kentucky's got it, and marches down the field. Seventeen points in the fourth quarter for Kentucky. Um, it's just it's brutal, you know, because you expect a team that understands what they have at stake and understands where they can go and the potential to still maybe make a playoff if you dominate this game, you dominate the next game and make some noise and, and have some help. But all that was there, and it was just like the second half, it didn't matter. Fourth quarter didn't matter. And it was just, I don't know, super disappointing, KG, because now you know, you're looking at Charlotte and this championship game, which you know obviously still a high-class you know, game, whatever, but not a top-ten matchup, you know, two-loss team rolling in, and you're just like, whew. Stinks. It really does. Mm-hmm. It's brutal for the league. 
Well, and I know it's brutal for Louisville. I, I know they that game means so much to them. It just shows how much rivalry games mean because Louisville, in every way, shape, or form, had a better year than Kentucky. Yeah. But now Kentucky wins that game, and one team's All feeling great, right. and one team's not. And one team has 10 wins. It's yeah. it's just amazing what rivalry games can do and, and what they mean. We'll see where Louisville's ranked for next week. I think it'll still probably be a top 20 matchup. Please. I, I so. would guess. Oh, man. I mean, you lost to the guy that A&M kind of wanted to hire, so it's got to count for something, right? <laughs> it's a quality loss. They might quality be in the loss. top 10. They might be a number eight. <laughs> You're an SEC opponent. That's right. Okay, speaking of a quality loss, Georgia Tech, Mac, Georgia, number one Georgia. Did you take Georgia the jackets? Tech. Did you take the jackets to come? No, I'm so okay. mad. Okay. I thought you did. I'm I thought so that was going to be the, the swinger right there. I thought that was going to no. be this. Georgia beats Georgia Tech 31 to 23. Georgia Tech looks good. I like what they did offensively. They were creative. Haynes King, of course, ran the ball a good bit, but he was really good. You forced two Georgia turnovers. It, <laughs> if not for Kendall Milton, you win the game, maybe. Right. I right. don't know. I know Georgia had some guys out, didn't have Brock Bowers. But, <laughs> Mac, just think big picture, right? Georgia Tech going from last year firing Jeff Collins. If you had told me right when they fired Jeff Collins that the next season they would be 6-6, six and six, and play a really good game against Georgia. Yeah. I would have been like, no, <laughs> that's not happening. So it's just just been an incredible turnaround. And I, I know there's no moral victories. You know, Key said that after the game, yeah. but it kind of feels like one, at yeah. least from my perspective. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I mean, you look at last year too, the way that they competed with those guys. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was halftime, you're going into a 10 7 game. Uh, where where Georgia's just been destroying everybody. And I everyone's did take kinda, Georgia Tech to cover last year. There you so. go. <laughs> everyone's Mad looking around like, whoa, 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 what's kind of going on? And then this year, I mean, Haynes King, obviously a, a massive difference maker. I mean, the, what he was able to do in that game, the big-time throws, um, but also with his legs. I mean, that's what's been getting people all year right. long. You know, had two touchdowns there, really great play design. Um you know, but ultimately just that rushing defense was, was kind of what got you, you know, and giving up 260 yards on the ground is is just tough. And, uh, you know, I, I think when you look at that Georgia team all year long, you know, you, you hadn't really think, okay, this is the team that will absolutely run the ball like crazy. Uh, it, it really wasn't like what they previously did because Beck was throwing it so well. I mean, he's been over 300 yards, uh, you know, more than half of his game. So, you know, I, I thought that maybe there was a chance there if we had a dueling quarterback deal going on here. But Georgia said, no, man, we're about to run this football. Mm-hmm. We're going to run this football. Yeah. So a lot of credit to, to Georgia Tech, though, like you said. No more vic- victories, but you're going bowling. You get these extra practices. You get to go and, and kind of have a celebratory game there where you know you get a chance to play a, a quality opponent and, and an opponent with a winning record, I think. Um, and so you're, you're we'll excited see. to – Yeah, right. Minnesota's lurking out there. Uh, but, but you're South excited. South Carolina's lurking. Oh, that would be brutal. No, don't give them that. Don't give them that. Anyway, good for Georgia Tech. <laughs> Speaking of bowl games, let's let's roll through the rest of these. Mac Virginia Tech beats Virginia. They improved to six and six. They're going bowling. They beat Virginia fifty five to seventeen. This is the one you should have known. I was shocked when you yeah. picked UVA. Yeah, I'm I didn't an know what idiot. was going on. <laughs> idiot! I should be banned from the podcast for an episode. No, <laughs> like Mac, I should just come on. 
do do the intro, and I should not be able to speak for the rest of the episode. <laughs> well, hey, with your basketball so season, stupid. we might have to do that. So don't joke about that. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's a good point. This was idiotic, but Virginia Tech looks really good. Kyra Drodes, you have your quarterback of the future. You have so many guys that you can count on for next year. Yep. You are in a really good place for Virginia Tech to do this, finish 6-6, six and six, go to a bowl game, hopefully win that one. Incredible bounce back here for the Hokies. Yeah, no, huge. I mean, monumental. And, and just to win this game, um, to, to take all that momentum that you had been building all year long in recruiting, in the state, all these different things, and then mm-hmm. to have a dominating kind of exclamation point on the regular season over your rival, that, that's big. That's huge, you know, for the Hokies and, and for them to kind of go full speed ahead into this offseason, hopefully get a bold game dub. Uh, you know, it's it's gonna be fascinating. Selection Sunday is gonna be so fun. We 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 gotta stick yeah. around the whole show. Like we we got a lot of stuff going on here for for those guys in the ACC and and who's going where. Um, five hundred yards of total offense, six touchdowns. I mean, it, it was awesome. You know, to really see what they're able to do, create turnovers, get after the quarterback. Um, six sacks. I think they had. I mean, that's that's mm. Virginia Tech football, right? Like the yards yeah. and offense is great, but the complimentary piece where you're having. Ten tackles for loss, six sacks. That that's what they're known for, and and we kind of saw that, right? We saw it kind of in the the middle of the season, you know, where it was mm-hmm. this emergence. Kyron gets the job. They go on an awesome run, are fighting for a spot in the ACC championship game, and then you know take a little bit of a dip and then just spike right here. So again, a, a team that when you talk about needs practice, needs reps, needs to build. Uh, that this is great for them. Th- this opportunity that they have. So. Amazing season. Huge shout out to, to Coach, you know, Key there, excuse me, Coach Pry and the things that he was able to do this season and, and to build this team up. And then I do want to say this about Virginia, just so close, mm-hmm. just right there. And I know everybody's probably feeling terrible. You you never want to see this, uh, you know, your last game, especially against your rival, and it hurts and it stinks. But there is so much promise and growth, I think, that we we've seen from these guys. And uh, you're just a couple of pieces away. And the good thing is you have a transfer portal. You can build on that. You can capitalize. And again, shout out to uh, you know Malik Washington. I mean, that dude is a Ooh. freak. I mean, you talk about epitome of consistency all year long, where everybody knows that you're the guy. Everybody knows you're getting the ball, and you just you know tear it up. I mean, he had a hundred yards in all but two games. In one of those games, he had ninety-seven, and he was right there. That's so you're talking unreal. about not in one. And that was the first game against Tennessee where they were probably trying to figure out who was who, who was going to do what. So that dude is freaky. He went over 150, one, two, three, four times. I mean, he he's just a baller, big-time baller. And with different quarterbacks, too. Right. Having to figure out, you know, who the heck's going to be throwing him the ball. Yeah, he he was he was crazy this season. Mac, let's roll through the rest of these real fast. Duke beats Pitt 30-19. I feel like every single time I've bet against Duke this year, it hasn't gone well for me. Um, Duke had the best player on the field in Jordan Waters. I think that was really the difference. Yeah. The big story question now is with Mike Elko, who we think is leaving for A&M. But to finish 7-5 and five without Riley Leonard for most of the season, honestly, yeah. I think if you're Duke, you you kind of you wish you could have gotten to 8-4 and four mm-hmm. and been able to get that ninth win, maybe – the uh, UNC game could have pushed you over the edge or a few other games there, but still to overcome their injuries, things are looking good for Duke in the future, but I don't know who the coach is going to be or what's going on there, Matt. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, something we'll touch on in in the coming weeks, I'm sure. Cause as we're recording this at eight o'clock at night, um, 
on a Sunday. I haven't seen anything official, official. And it just, it, you know, right it does. Probably right when we right. as soon get as we off hang this. Up. As soon as we hang up, it's, it's going to be breaking news. Uh, and, and it stinks, right? Like, obviously, you're happy for Coach Elko if that's what he, you know, decides to do because that, that's great. And it's, uh, you know, obviously a ton of money, life-changing, and, you know, a program that can get a ton of talent very easily. Uh, and so what can he do with that? You know, we saw what he did at Duke and took them to places they haven't been in quite some time and, and been consistent these last couple of years outside of injuries. Uh, but you, you feel for everybody involved, um, players. I mean, it's just it's going to be interesting to see what they've been able to build in these two years. If he leaves, what what's next? You know, where yeah. do you go? What does Riley do? do? What does Riley do? Um, interesting. All that's going to be fascinating. Um, so good win for Duke, finishing it off there. Uh, Pittsburgh, just a mess. I mean, they, they've got a lot that they need to figure out. On the next year. And it, yeah, tough. And another team kind of like that is Wake Forest. And, you know, they they fight like heck. I mean, they're right there trying to spoil Syracuse uh, from going bowling. But but Cuse finds a way, uh, you know, had, had a big stop, you know, on fourth down, right at the goal line, I think, to win the game. Uh, I think Valari's going to yeah. be the quarterback next year. That dude was throwing dimes, catching mm. dimes. I mean, he's just, you know, future Heisman winner. Look out. In Syracuse, interesting to see who their head coach is going to be next year and, and the things that they're going to do. So we'll see, KG. It, it'll be interesting. With Syracuse, I thought it was cool that these players really wanted to fight for that bowl game yeah. and to win that game, even without Dino Babers yeah. and without their head coach. And I think I saw Schrader saying that they won the game for Dino. So Very that was cool. cool. And I saw the Syracuse AD saying they're trying to get a higher in soon before the transfer portal really gets going. So would be smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Friday night, Miami did beat Boston College 45-20. to 20. Miami finishes the year 7-5. and five, Took some steps in the right direction. We'll see at their bowl game. Obviously had some issues. Quarterback position is a big question for them. Yeah. As is for Boston College. BC, Mac, remember when I said they got those bowl season t-shirts? And I was like, what are you guys doing? It kind of feels like they're celebrating and they have a bunch of the year left. Yeah. And you said, well, they just get those T-shirts. And I'm sure they do. But Castellano said after the game, it felt like we got bowl eligible and then we just were satisfied and didn't play like we should the rest of the year. And that's so true with BC. It's tough. And, uh, you know, you want to celebrate those wins and then, you know, do people feel like we we did it? We accomplished it, something right. no one thought we could do. Uh, but you got to keep going. You got to keep fighting. I, I thought that team was super hot and going to make some noise. Uh, even in this game, you know, thought Miami would not show up. Yeah, so a massive we both credit, BC, right? Yeah, massive credit to Miami uh, for for just dominating, running like crazy. Uh, th- those guys were sick and a, mm-hmm. a great core nucleus. I've said this a hundred times, but you know, if Miami can kind of keep all people in house, what they're doing, add a couple more, uh, you, you feel really good about what they're doing, where they're going, and, and the direction of that program. So we'll see. You know, it's it's going to be fun, KG. Uh, where'd we end in picks? Do you have that pulled up just for the good people yes, before we got here? Yes, yes. I do, in fact. So I went four and five. Okay. You went six and three. So it's yeah, over. Yeah, big difference. It's over. The big differences were Virginia, Virginia Tech, oh, and uh, Pitt Duke. That was stupid. Going against the Blue Devils. That was real stupid. Crazy. So there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. McClain. I appreciate it. So you finished one, two, you finished six, 49 and 37. That's pretty good. Not great. Not bad. Not Against great. the spread, Mac, that's pretty good. I need to figure it out. I need to, uh, that's we'll find out. I guess you guys will listen to us. Maybe if you get on early, you'll find out before I do. Uh, I need to figure out radio because I was down one mm. in radio. And I mm. hope with this week, six and three, 
Hopefully I made some push. We'll see. Yeah. We'll find out. Anyway, uh, big week ahead. Wednesday, we're going to do some different things. Friday, uh, hopefully things get normal. If schedules get in the way, because KG's very busy this week. We might have a little <laughs> bit tuned. different schedule for you guys, but just stay tuned. You'll see it. Hopefully you get notifications. If not, we'll be tweeting it out like crazy on all social media platforms as well. Uh, so just stick with us. we got a fun championship game coming up. And then next Monday, Selection Sunday. And hopefully we've got a team rolling in the playoffs. We'll see. That's going to be a fun one as well. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Big shout out to our friends over at Ingles. Could not do this without them, but we continually need your guys' help. We need you to go over to YouTube, jump on this channel, subscribe, leave some comments. It's a lot of fun seeing and, and reading all those in there. And then, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe as well. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.